Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. It's MoneyWeb's weekly podcast where I speak to the leading investment professionals. Our guest today is Sean LaRue. He is the fund manager of the PSG Equity Fund. Sean, welcome to the show. We are seeing stock markets around the world at record highs, despite many warnings that an increase in interest rates in the U.S. will end this party. How do you view the current market? Right. We don't try and predict what markets are, are going to do. But when markets are digesting some uncertainty, it typically gives rise to opportunity. And what we really like to grab hold of is, is the opportunity to buy good businesses at, at very good prices. And we think there are some, kind of, some of those kinds of opportunities that are arising right now. Can you expand on, on those opportunities? Uh, a lot of fund managers think that we, the downward, well, the risk is downward, um, and uh, that, uh, you know, some fund managers are even turning defensive. Um, what, what opportunities are you looking at? Well, the, the paradox of, of today's market is that the, the much-loved stocks, the higher-quality, um, more growthy stocks, um, are trading at very high valuation levels, um, and that's why markets are as high as they are. Um, but if you look at the other side of the fence, some of the more cyclical, and I'm talking on a, on a global basis, more cyclical unloved uh, sectors and stocks um, are being priced uh, for, for very bad news. And they, they're exposed to parts of the economy where things are tough. And we think if we select well and if we find good businesses that are going through tough times, but particularly if we're buying them cheap and actually buying them when they're mispriced, we think that speaks quite well for the for the long-term returns for our investors. So right now, you know, some of those cyclical sectors, you know, in South Africa and abroad, would be in the material space. They'd be in the energy space, uh, manufacturing, engineering, etc. You know, real hard economy um, parts of the the market where where, where things are tough. Mm. Commodity sector. Um, so we we think there are interesting opportunities arising within the commodity sector, uh, but the commodity sector is going through really really tough times. And for a lot of the participants, it looks like things get get worse before before they get better. So we're selectively adding to our commodity shares, but it's it's only in companies with strong balance sheets, good management teams, and companies that we are, are very comfortable with will withstand tough conditions and actually come out. Uh, better for it on the other side. Uh, we think the likely outcome is is a case where where the strong gets stronger, and that will particularly apply in the commodity space. Mm. Your philosophy, your investment philosophy, is uh, based on three principles: moat, management, and margin of safety. Um, how do you use the you know, these principles in selecting those shares? It's really just a framework for getting us um, into the into the area where we think we can invest in companies that are, are trading for less than what we think they're worth. So uh, the moat and the, the management speak to the, the quality of the company, and a company with a, a moat or sustainable competitive advantage, which has a very strong management team, has the ability to, to compound returns for shareholders over very long periods of time. So those are the kind of businesses we like to own but we only like to own them when there is an adequate margin of safety. And that margin of safety is really the, the buffer between what we think the company is worth and what we're paying. And that allows for the fact that we could well be wrong on our assessment of, of what the company is worth or something unforeseen could happen. So we don't like to overpay 
and our preference is to own these higher quality businesses that are, are very attractively priced. Isn't that a contrarian approach? Uh, it's very much a contrarian approach. So we comfortable taking uncomfortable decisions um, and we think that opportunity to buy mispriced quality shares only really occurs when people are worried about something. Um, and there are plenty of examples of, of businesses we've bought over the years where uh, there's been a, a temporary fear in the market, and we've used that fear to exploit the opportunity to buy a fantastic business at a good price. And I refer to some sectors previously which are which are in trouble, and one of the outcomes of that is is we should be able to buy very good businesses at very good prices. And that's what gets us excited. But that view has been, you know, shared by many value investors, contrarian investors that are currently really uh, underperforming the market. Look, value stocks and value investors have, have had a tough time. Um, if you look at, uh, you know, at, at an index level growth, the outperformance by growth is actually accelerating both in South Africa and abroad. Uh, we think there's a lot of, of relatively hot money chasing into that space. And we think to a degree the outperformance by growth can be explained by, by the fact that the, the growth stocks are generating superior earnings. But we think there's a more important factor, and that's the, the difference in valuations. Uh, we think the glamour stocks are, are becoming incredibly expensive, and we think these unloved, more cyclical, more out-of-favor stocks are, are being priced for, for, for a dire outcome. And we think that's where the opportunity lies. So you're right, the value investors have had a tough time, but when we look at the market right now in terms of the opportunities that are available to us, if we invest smartly in some of those unloved parts of the market, we think it will give our investors very good long-term returns. Can you name a few of those companies you really think offer value? Um, yeah, so if we're talking, if we're talking domestically um, within the, the mining space, uh, we think Glencore is a, is a standout opportunity. Um, we think Glencore has a management team that has a track record of, of allocating capital a lot better than, than most of the mining companies. Uh, management have got a lot of skin in the game. The company is incredibly cheap. The commodities ex exposed to are, are, are better positioned than, than some of the other commodities out there. But probably most importantly, we think the, the, the Glencore management team have got this opportunity to take advantage of, of, of distressed asset prices in the sector. So uh, we think that they will, they will be the source of, of very good returns for shareholders of the long run. Um, what we're doing is we're buying into a sector when there's blood on the street. Mm. Other commodities you hold is Anglo-American um, and Anglo-American platinum. You know, Anglo have been, Anglos has been really under pressure. What do you think the short-term future holds for that, that company? Look, we definitely don't take a, a short-term view on the company. Um, we're patient investors. We think uh, the only reason that, that we can deliver consistent returns for our shareholders is by virtue of taking a long-term view. So we think in the case of both Anglo-American and Anglo-Platt, we're buying assets today at a significant discount to what we think they're worth. And we're prepared to be patient and we're prepared to sit and wait for that value to be unlocked. It might take some time. Um, but we, we're pretty comfortable that there's a, there's a, a pretty wide margin of safety uh, investing in those names right now. In essence, we think we're buying assets worth a rand, but we're only paying, paying 50 cents. Um, so an opportunity which, which we think 
if you're prepared to take a three to five year view, means there's limited downside and quite a lot of upside. Mm. Your flagship equity fund is the one you manage. Um, it is currently about two and a half billion rand. Um, it is a big fund. How do you is is that a, to the detriment of, of of the fund manager to f- manage such a big fund because you really can't take two bigger positions uh, in, in in companies. I think as far as the the broader market goes, it's it's not really a big fund. But you're right; it's it's bigger than it was a few years ago, and a, a, a two billion rand fund. Um, is you know if it's versus a 200 million rand fund, you know there are some practical implications that come into play. Um, the reality is that from a mathematical perspective, smaller is better. But the flip side of that is that if you you know at, at two billion rand, you still have significant opportunity to buy, to buy some of the best mid and small caps out there, and we've got a very good track record of of exploiting opportunities in that area. So we remain active participants in mid and small caps, but what we focus on is, is selecting great businesses and owning them for the long run. Mm. You are invested in the in, in foreign markets to the tune of about 25%. I think that's the full value you can take out. Um, and you're still a big fan of Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, why is that the case? Um, we think Berkshire Hathaway is, is a unique proposition. Um, we think partnering with a management team that includes Warren Buffett, you know, possibly the best capital allocator of all time, is a very compelling opportunity. Um, the business model is, is structured in such a way that Warren Buffett has access to, to permanent capital that he can employ uh, to generate long-term returns. So it's a business that has a track record of, of compounding re- returns for shareholders very nicely over long periods of time. And we see no reason why that should change. And we think if you look at Berkshire at the moment, um, it trades at, at, at attractive prices. So we think the margin of safety is there, and it's the opportunity to invest in a, in a great business. Mm. Other two names that jump out is Markel. It's the U.S. insurance business and Porsche. Why those two? Well, well, what is absent are the, the usual names, the Procter & Gamble's, um, the Yums. Um, why Markel and Porsche specifically? Well, I think a, a general observation, and, th- and that is that uh, we've been significantly invested in, in some of the higher quality offshore businesses over the last few years. Um, you know, the Heineken's, uh, Microsoft's, Walgreens of the world, and they've delivered very well into our portfolios. But the universe, as we look at it at the moment, those, those great businesses, the market's really woken up to that, and they're trading on, on, on pretty high P-E ratios. So if you were to look at where we see opportunity offshore, it's not dissimilar to where we see opportunity locally. And it's in some companies that might be a little bit more cyclical, um, some companies that might be a little bit less flavor, flavor of the month. And the two companies you mentioned fall into that camp. So Markel is, looks very similar to Berkshire Hathaway. It's a $12 billion company rather than a $350 billion company, but has many of the same fantastic attributes, including compounding returns for shareholders. And if you look at a company like Porsche, uh, we think it trades at a significant discount to, to what we think it's worth. There's some fantastic brands in there. There's a tremendous opportunity to reinvigorate the, the core Volkswagen brand, and we think very little of that is captured by the, the current share price. Um, just lastly, uh, the, this equity fund has really performed well over the long term uh, since the inception in 2002. 
Um, do you, obviously, you know, it's going to be dangerous to expect the fund to be, uh, you know, continue with this great performance. So how do you manage the, expect, the uh, expectations of your investors? We, we certainly advise investors that uh, returns over the last six years and returns over the last 13 years um, will not be re- replicated at, at the same degree, you know, at 20% plus annual returns. We just don't see an environment that lends itself to that. But I, as I said earlier, I am getting excited about some of the opportunities that are popping up in some of the unloved parts of the market. And I think if that persists, I think we, we would get a lot more excited about the returns. So to conclude, I would, I would offer that we think returns are going to be good, but not what we've had in the past. Sean LaRue is the fund manager of the PSG Equity Fund.